Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We're making an ad. Napping yeah. ads. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm-hmm. He listens to the podcast every week. Yep. Has he been canceled? Was Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. <laughs> so, um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The it- Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the ad. That's the ad. That's the ad. To entertain you, we'll sing your songs for good times, the best times. You can't go wrong. We'll two step, a new step. It won't be long. When the Dixieland is up playing, soon you'll be swaying. So come on, sing along. all you lovely listeners out there, and welcome to another episode of Before My Time. I'm your host, Kelsey Laurie, and today we are kicking off the end of summer with a little surf rock. That's right, let's go. We're making an ad. Napping ads. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm. He listens to the podcast every week. Has he been canceled? Was Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. <laughs> so, um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The <laughs> Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the ad. That's the ad. That's the ad. Hey, do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out WeKnowPodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, WeKnowPodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. All right, Gelsey, it is the end of August. For for you out in California, that means very little. But- I know. I just had, <laughs> just had that conversation with my roommate. We want to like redo our patio or actually do it. There's nothing going on. And I was like, oh, it was kind of sad. Like I wanted it for summer. And I was like, who are we kidding? We're going to be out there with eggnog and bikinis. It's Southern yeah, California. I was going to say, you guys live in a perpetual summer. But for me, I'm getting very excited. The weather is just starting to turn to fall where I'm at. It's 
It's a nice, reasonable 73 degrees every day. I'm like, I'm loving this. Pretty soon the leaves will start to go and it'll have that nice fall orange and brown vibe across the entire township. But we have one last summer activity here on Before My Time, which is talking about surf rock music, which is a genre of music I like for a sport I cannot do. I can't do it either. You know, (laughs) as athletic as I am, I've been surfing twice in my life. And the last time I went surfing, I literally caught one wave in and I was like, I'm staying in and having a beer on the beach. Fuck this. But I had like the wrong board. It was like for not beginners. And my brother-in-law took me out to a really unorganized wave that not, you know, just not a good place for a beginner. And it was like the hardest thing. And I was like, why am I working so hard? Yeah. I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't enjoy it. I don't have, I don't know what it is. I, I don't have balance at all. Like even a skateboard, I've or I guess as they refer to in one of the songs we might discuss, sidewalk surfing. When it came to skateboards, I, I'm like watching a giraffe in roller skates. Like it's just <laughs> so like unbalanced and clumsy and, and bad yeah. and I've never even bothered to try with surfing. I couldn't even boogie board as a kid. So like the idea of standing on the boogie board just seems all the more horrifying. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm a really good balancer, but I'm, I'm a little nervous of the wipe. I love the ocean so much. I scuba dive and this, that, and that's why I think there's a part of me that really wants to like surfing and doing it. But a paddling out's just a bitch. And I, again, very strong, but I'm just like, I just don't want to. And the wipeouts scare me. Cause I've heard some horror stories, even like on a beginner's level, I'm just like, what if I fall off and then I get sh- like smashed to the bottom and there's a big rock and my head bashes in. Cause it, we all know I have PTSD with my head, but it, that's where I go. I'm like, I just, I am fine. I'll just, but I also, I, God, I like, I wish that I was good at skateboarding. I wish I was good at surfing because like, there's an element of it where it's like, you know what? Most of the people that I meet who are diehard surfers, they're not like, they're happy people. yeah, I was gonna say they're not like aggro douchebag guys mm-hmm. they're like the most hippy dippy laid back like it's one with nature human yeah it's because the ocean is healing that and that's why i still feel like you can just go in swim scuba dive snorkel whatever your ocean activity is it's a very healing calming place the it's sharks my live there i the sharks live they there they're not gonna get you no like that's i don't want to look i'm not storming the into their home no more than i want the shark to storm into my house i don't want to intrude into telegrams their house. <laughs> <laughs> watch that land shark all right. So, so how okay, are we doing rock. this? I'm assuming you've done a ton of research to teach us all about oh, the history of surf rock. As always. All right, boys and girls, we open up our textbooks to page three. Um, we are, this is a subgenre of rock and it was a very short lived um, subgenre. It was popular, um, started earlier, but was popular in 1962 to 1964. So it had a very short lived life, but It is broken up into two categories. There's instrumental surf rock and vocal surf rock. And it was obviously associated with the surf culture predominantly in Southern California. So there's not really one famous surf rock band that didn't come from Southern California. A few branched out, but it's, you know, we know what it's about here in SoCal. We are just the coolest people. I was going to be like, I thought you were just saying there's no one... particularly famous surf rock group. And I was going to be like, uh, I would question. Oh, no, 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 no. Definitely also from Southern California. No, 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 no. Yeah, there is, so there is one group that I would say is the band that everyone thinks of when they immediately think of surf rock. And then there's... Well, that isn't a vocal, but... When I think of surf rock, I 
I think of that band, but then you did mention there's the instrumental surf rock, which that's really what surf rock is. Cause there's like people that don't even take vocal surf rock as authentic. And I'll get into some quotes. Like people are like, that's not surf rock. Even the beach boys themselves. Cause it's let's, that's who you're talking about. Duh. Yeah. Even Brian Wilson was like, we're not really surf rock. Like they're yeah. even kind of like, eh, we just happen to sing about surfing. And when you start diving into like what surf rock is, and I started listening to more of the vocal, which I, I know them so well, but comparing the two, I was like, they're kind of right. Like the, when- the vocal groups are not really what we would consider as quote unquote, authentic surf rock no because when i think of surf rock and and obviously yes we're talking the instrumental surf rock is what jumps to my mind first and i think that you can do quote unquote instrumental surf rock with a vocalist but yes a lot of that is yeah very true but i think that when you think of surf rock so have you ever heard of there's a genre of music that i've heard people refer to that's called math rock and the idea the with fuck? rock and roll, yeah. <laughs> so many subgenres, so, and I'm like, what? So when I explain why it's called math rock, it'll make sense. But it's called math rock because they play in insane time signatures. Like they'll play in mm. like twenty seven three like time, like these like just astronomically weird things. But another element of the math rock is that you purposely mix the drums and bass to be louder than the guitar and vocals, so that the guitar almost becomes. A ba- or that the vocals almost become a background noise because the heavy bass and drum is kind of in totally. the forefront. I think surf rock is similar with drums and guitar. Like, like even when you had a vocalist in a true surf rock band, the vocals were almost like background vocals more than like a legitimate lead because it was so much more about totally. showing off the drummer and guitarist at that point. Exactly. Totally. <laughs> and there's even some bands that kind of like reversed that where they even put like the guitar and drums behind the bass like this is the first time we get predominantly electric bass in bands which is really cool this i didn't realize how much um surf rock even that was such a short-lived time and we'll go into kind of like the um literally called the king of surf guitar and the really the start of surf rock um how much what he did led into other rock styles so if it wasn't for surf rock, some of these other things wouldn't have developed into genres we know today, which is of course why I love music history. Cause it's so interesting, but um, it starts with Dick Dale. Um, yep. He's known as Dick Dale and the Deltones. Um, and he was considered the king of surf guitar, which was the um, title of his second album. But his first regional hit was let's go tripping in 1961. And this is again, the beginning of surf rock, but he, he first played this song. Let's go tripping at the rendezvous ballroom in Balboa Peninsula at Newport beach, which I was like, Hey, oh, that's literally 10 minutes from me. That ballroom did burn down and now there's condos there. But last new year's Eve, I spent at another ballroom on Balboa Peninsula. And I was like, oh, basically the same seas, but uh, <laughs> I love, love Newport beach. And uh film geeks might know Dick Dale for a pretty he was he he helped write a theme song for like this little tiny indie film that no one's ever seen called Pulp Fiction as well. So. We're getting there, Matt. <laughs> Fuck off. Sorry. You're jumping ahead of my my notes. Yes, that is um you have all heard Dick Dale play yes. like a thousand percent. Um he we're getting there. <laughs> and he um the Let's Go Trippin was the first his first regional hit. It was number four in an LA station, and then it jumped to number 60 on the billboard hot 100 but the cool thing like that differed from normal rock is he drew on middle eastern music scales i would have never thought of it as middle eastern guitar but you're right like it's just like constant the string is never not being picked 
instead yes. of because I think a lot of other people would think of surf rock as a lot of like sustained notes and reverb, but Dick Dale's was definitely way more frantic-y and like constantly yes, emotional. Totally. It was, it was that. And then it is the reverb. He played like a lot with reverb and experimented and he's pushed the limits of am- amplification. So amps weren't used the way that they were before, like surf rock changed that and specifically Dick Dale changed that. And so he's also considered a father of heavy metal because of this, which is really cool. It was like, and he influenced Jimi Hendrix, Pete Townshend, Eddie Van Halen, Brian May, like they all were inspired by him. So I was like, holy shit, that's fucking cool. Like this is not just a father of heavy rock, of surf rock, but some of the best guitars we know. Yeah. Yeah. And they really drew from him because he was doing it and his picking style um, was very different and hadn't been done and just kind of combining all these things. So that's cool so the song i'm thinking about it i'm like i'm thinking of specifically the songs that i know of dick tale and you're right there's almost this element of like think of like chuck berry right like the way that say johnny b good starts off but like speed it up 10 times and put lots of like we said reverb on it and it's it's like the next evolution of 50s rock and roll into like Mm -hmm. a much more abstract crazy experimental sound that's really cool i never knew that he was an influence on all those artists though. I know, isn't it? Yeah. And so then it takes us to probably his most famous um, song that all of you know, which was in Pulp Fiction. Wouldn't call it the theme. Well, could, whatever. It was in Pulp Fiction. Um, the Black Eyed Peas sample it and pump it, but it is Mersalu. Look at me. And pump it louder, pump it. I can't not hear that. Um, so uh, we all know that song. But it, it's something I didn't know about the song, he made it the most famous and um, with his arrangement with this surf rock sound, but it's actually an old Turkish folk song about an Egyptian woman. Oh. And there are a few recordings of it in the 40s. There's Actually, I think the first time it was recorded was in the early 20s. Then there's some recordings that did hit the charts in the 40s that are more like jazz and it was kind of like exotic jazz. Cause it's this middle Eastern Turkish thing. And then he brought it in and arranged that, it to surf rock. And it's the most famous that version. That totally we know. makes sense because the, the, you know, the, everyone knows the opening, but like when it gets into the middle of the song, that Dan, that is like a you very middle snakes. Eastern. Yeah. You that is see a the very coming out of the basket. Type song. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. That's, I know. I That's thought that was so really wild. cool. As soon as you started bringing that that piece together, I can hear it now. It's all I'm ever going to hear from this point on when I hear that song. I'm going to be like, tell everybody, do you know this was actually a cover of a Turkish song? Did <laughs> like, you know? And they'll be like, we don't care. And you're like, cool. Cool. Bye. All right, um, that's normally how my conversations go. I'm like, guys, <laughs> did you know? And people are like, I don't know what you're talking about, Gelsey. And I'm like, and exit. So yes. So that starts the the kind of start of surf rock and obviously in Southern California, it domino effects to all these teenagers going, we should start a surf rock band. Now there is um, a group called the Bel Airs. They were a group of teenagers. Actually like all the rest of the bands I'm about to note, they all meet in high school and they start their bands like when they're 15. And I'm like, ah, like they are children. Um, But the Bel Airs are next. They, There's some people that say they started before because their first hit was in 1961 and technically dropped before Let's Go Trippin', which was Dick Dale's. But 
whatever they didn't but their big hit was um mr moto and this one was more flamenco inspired and did get some uh, notoriety Okay, I didn't know this until that yeah. riff came in. Yeah, yeah, you kind of have to get into like the that one is not quite as popular. Even when I listen to it, and I know surf rock pretty well just because they play it a lot at tiki bars, and I'm a tiki tiki bar fanatic. So, um, which is another reason I love being at tiki bars and having the surf rock in the back. I'm like, this is perfect, and they're just perfect for little like hip shakies dance moves while you're holding your mai tai, because uh, that's what I'm doing at a tiki bar. But that one I didn't know quite the same as, you know, some of the others, but, um, they do come out in 1961. And then we have groups like the challengers, which their album in 1963 surf beat. Um, it was more of like a collaboration album where the, they kind of like covered all these famous groups and songs and stuff. And so they even had a beach boy song on there. They had a Dick Dale song, but they did it. Um, but that kind of helped propel surf genre nationally. So that was a huge plus for the surf rock community. And then we get the Shantays, which formed also in 1961, five high school friends, just children. Um, But they come out in 1962 with Pipeline, and that reaches number four on the Billboard Hot 100 in 1963. Oh, I do know this. The thing I love about surf rock is it also has a real cowboy feel. <laughs> yeah. Also a lot of I I don't know why this never clicked for me before, but a lot of harmonics. Like playing like the guitar harmonics is tied into that too. Yeah. And then like electric organ is used in a lot of um some horns. It's I just, think an electric organ is a very underappreciated instrument. That I thing fucking love adds, the organ. It it's so, so awesome. And yeah, it adds so much to the a doors. Song. They they knew it they knew it was up. Okay, so then we get the Sufaris, and this is probably gonna be the most famous surf rock song of course not my favorite but it's number two in 19 august 1963 this reaches number two on the hot 100 and without further ado we all know that um unfortunately that's sad i played a different version because normally it famously starts out with the <laughs> wipe out yeah. and yeah but that's going to be like your most famous surf rock song that everyone knows it's great my personal favorite is coming up next and it is by the trashman of 1964 yes I wish you could see us right now, people. We are full beach party dancing. All right. We know how much we have definitely talked about this song before via Family Guy, some tangent we went on. But there's uh, legitimately not a bad version of that song. <laughs> like every time so that I hear someone do it. That's a great example, though, of that is still considered instrumental surf rock, even though 
he's somewhat singing, but he's like not singing. It's just more it's kind of that like it's just another instrument instead of lyrically singing like the Beach Boys do. Or so that's kind of a good example of that, ladies and gentlemen. But surf rock does, you know, take off a lot of popularity. It inspires uh, the theme song to James Bond. Down, down, yeah. down, 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 down. That is surf rock. And so it's like all these iconic early 60s theme songs, versions. You know, we get Hawaii Five O. They came from surf rock. So it was like super influential with that. Then we move on to a little bit of vocal surf rock. So, so hold on a second. I'm trying to remember okay. what this one song is called. But there's a song, Sleepwalker. Oh, no, that's more of a 1950s rock and roll like jukebox Fair enough. But there are versions. I think the thing is, like, I have a version that Brian Setzer Orchestra does, and they, a lot of that rockabilly music that then resurfaced in the 90s and got really famous from Stray Cats, but then became obviously Brian Setzer left and and created his own. They use a lot of the steel guitar in rockabilly. And so that sound of that tangy, Get guitar. It's kind of this like collaboration mute. You know what I mean? So yeah, I that's think the song that I kind of a lot of crossover in that. I think it's also because I can imagine being at like <laughs> this is not the prime example of all examples, but I can imagine going to like a water park and just as much as I'm hearing them play like Wipeout or anything by the Venturas, like Walk Don't Run, like I could also equally hear them playing Sleepwalk. <laughs> some other songs that we get that have been stylistically they can kind of go in yeah i mean here's a version of sleepwalking that's by the ventures yeah there we go yeah so maybe i lied but But i think it's like it it could be like proto surf rock the same way that like a lot of like 60s garage rock is still referred to as like proto punk like it's not exactly punk music but it's it's kind of got like the the starting basis of what became it. So like, yes, mm-hmm. is sleepwalk a sur- like no surf sleepwalk? Yeah, isn't Santo, a surf song. Yeah, Johnny and Santo or something like that in nineteen fifty nine. Yeah, yeah, and so it's that's gonna be that was more in that kind of like I said rock and roll. It still could be what was inspiring people to be totally. like, Ooh, okay, that's a cool way to play guitar. Like, let me try to speed that up. Yeah. 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 And I think a lot of bands did like the ventures actually did a lot of songs that were already out and kind of covered them like secret agent man, which that is a very kind of has that rock surf rock sound. I mean, they surf rock styled it. Like they, yeah. the Ventures have a lot of songs here where they kind of. It sounds great that way, though. Oh my god, I could sit and just like dance to this shit the, all night. The Ventures is a very underrated band for sure. Like, I don't think yeah. they get chatted about nearly enough because I didn't even mention them. Yeah, I think like deep down, everybody knows that song "Walk Don't Run," but they don't realize that they know that song "Walk Don't Run." You know what I mean? Like. Yes, you mean...
yeah, great song. Yeah. God, I want a Mai Tai. Um, they, <laughs> their recording of that song was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame. And in 2008, the group was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So one of the top songs ever recorded for guitar is often cited for one of the top songs ever recorded. Wow. So that's, yeah, it's a big deal. It was a very influential deal, but they are kind of underrated, to be honest. It's kind of, even their Wikipedia page is kind of sad. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many great, even, you know, we get kind of the, um, this is The Shadows. Everyone knows this song. I said cowboy earlier. Oh. Tanto, jump on it. Jump on it. Kibisabi, jump on it. Jump on it. Okay, yeah. So. But it is, but you know what? It's crazy to me after we've listened to all of that. It is very weird that the, that the trash men fell into the instrumental category because that song is like. Yeah, when people think do. of Serpent Bird, they don't think, man, what a great memorable guitar riff. They think of like the vocal line that is the song. Like But it is if you listen to the song instrumentally, you're just like, oh my god, they are like Mah! Oh yeah. Like oh, wailing would, on the guitar. I already said the word proto punk once here, but I'll say it again. I think the trash men fall firmly into a proto punk category because that song is punk rock as hell. <laughs> like, it really is. Right. It's super like early Ramones kind of just well, jump and Ramones nod your head. And it, like, which you're like, of course they did. Like, <laughs> Oh, I didn't know that. Of course they did. Oh yeah. No, it's, well, I think it's on their third album. They cover surf and bird. I love that. I love that. All right. Well, let's, let's go into some, um, vocal, yeah, let's talk about the vocal ones. <laughs> yeah. But so, um, according to, um, there is an encyclopedia of surfing written by Matt Warshaw, who the fuck he is. I don't know, but I'm about to quote him in his encyclopedia of surfing. He says, surf music is divided into two categories, the pulsating reverb, heavy, wet sounding instrumental form amplified by guitarist Dick Dale and the smooth voiced multi-tracked harmonized vocal style invented by the beach boys. Purists argue that surfer music is defined by definition instrumental. And to follow up with that, Dick Dale says about surf music, vocal surfs, he goes, they were surfing sounds with surfing lyrics. In other words, the music wasn't surfing music. The words made the surfing them surfing songs. That was the difference. The real surfing music is instrumental. So the hardcore people, Dick Dale, which if you listen to Dick Dale, a lot of his songs do have some vocals in it, kind of like Surfing Bird, where, but it's very halfway into the song and just like a little kind of sounds almost like they're just shouting in the background like ah! so i i do think i quite agree i think surf rock is instrumental and then surf vocals is almost its own genre where we get the beach boys who started that the beach boys and uh i mean you gotta give credit to another group right there with the ventures as far as a group that i think is painfully underrated jan and dean oh like, they are a thousand percent they're actually like my only two vocal groups i listed because everyone else yeah. i'm like posers yeah. um, i <laughs> fucking love jan jan and dean actually had a song that terrified me as a kid dead man's curve there's something about that song that i found very chilling as a child well that song we'll get into because that actually goes into then like the birth of another Actually, the Beach Boys birthed this subgenre of this subgenre. It, it it gets deep here. But yeah. Brian Wilson did say, because the Beach Boys, their first hit, chart hit, was Surfing in 1961. Um, and it hit 75 on the Hot 100 chart. And Brian Wilson, though, explained it was a conscious 
it wasn't a conscious thing to build our music around surfing. We just wanted to be identified with the interests of young kids. A year later, he expressed, I hate so-called surfing music. It's a name that people slap on any sound from California. Our music is rightfully the Beach Boys sound if one had to label it, which Brian Wilson, I quite agree with you. It The Beach Boys are the Beach Boys. I don't, I think they talked about surfing a lot because they are a California band and I absolutely fucking love the Beach Boys. I a thousand percent know we will do a complete episode on them. So I didn't go too, too deep down into what they are because uh, that's a fascinating story. But they did kind of, I even read here that their first, because they were kind of doing this surf thing, but they weren't actually like a surf band when they first performed as kids they actually got um vegetables thrown at them because everyone thought they were a poser they were just trying to give the the kids what they wanted and surfing was in and they were you know they were not like it's funny it's like they have all these album covers of them holding surfboards and this that and like they did not surf and are not they were just more of like the party 1960s drugs kind of guys but it was what was popular and they do though it's more into that harmonizing sound doo-wop is more of where they come from into they really did like it's so cool where they pulled from with their vocal harmonies and then how brian wilson's like he's such a brilliant genius incorporating kind of like classical and unconventional sounds and jazz and putting it all in and that's why pet sounds is such an iconic album um, which we will not go into because that doesn't really go into surf rock. And no. that is a good but it's, episode. But it's a great album, but continue. Oh, it's oh, uh, brilliant. Like, good vibration. Ugh, don't get me started. Okay. But um, that does lead into, in 1962, Hot Rod Rock gets born. So yes. we have surf rock and now Hot Rod Rock. And that is technically birthed with the Beach Boys song 409. She's real fine, my 409. She's real fine, my Right, we get it, yeah. Well, and there's a lot more doo-wop being pulled in with that. So stuff. much more. And it's you can occasionally hear like a guitar that's like, oh, it kind of sounds surfy, but it's not really what we've been listening to so far. So it's I'll go back for a second and we can listen Again, to it's so funny because all of that music makes me think of like water parks. Like, like all. <laughs> I, love that you think. I get it. I get it. Those memories. Yeah. Like, there's some theme parks that a lot of these songs in certain areas. Like, I, I, mean, I, I do, just but think of is... like walk into a wave pool and you're just hearing like round, totally. round, get around. Like, you're like walking over there. This is their their first single, Surfing, was, was the Beach Boys here. Surfing is the only life, the only way for me now. Surf. Surf. Yeah, super, super doo-wop. Even the cover of that album is so cute. They're in a woody with like a palm tree and a surfboard, <laughs> but they're in like flannels. It's just so, so California. And we all know how obsessed I am with California and especially kind of like the Beach Boys era. Um, I actually got to go in La Jolla. I went on a bike tour one year with my dad for Father's Day. Electric bike tour. You probably want me to clarify because he's an electric bike fanatic. And I'm like, this is great. I don't have to try. Um, but we went by like the original shack. I forget what that beach is called. And there's like the actual shack that's in one of the Beach Boys album covers. And it's where they like hung out. 
but I think it's like a super territorial beach. Like the surfers there are super hardcore. So if you go and you're not a local, they're like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, whoa, West Side Story surf version. So, <laughs> but it was cool to see. But yeah, so we get Hot Rod Rock gets born and we obviously it's about cars. And so that leads us to um, Jan and Dean do go into that and Dead Man's what, what, um, Dead Man's Curve, which is Curve. Sorry, my brain just went, nope, you're done thinking of anything. Yeah, I do love some Jan and Dean. And I do think, like, they they are such a lot of bands that got put into, and I think a lot of vocal surf music was like, oh, so surf music. And I, I do, I think it's not, but a California sound. There was a genre that people would just kind of be like, they're a California band. And they had such a, iconic way but their famous kind of first 1963 is surf city which we so it's funny you say water parks i have a memory of a lot of these songs walking into California Adventure. I think it was 2001 it opened as a, and I'm a kid and it was a very different theme park than it is now. It literally was about California where now they're kind of like that didn't really work. So they're kind of changing it and they're like just kidding, Pixar Adventures. Haha. <laughs> but when they changed the opening of the park, but it used to be called Sun Plaza and you would walk in and there was this giant like metal sun structure with a fountain around it that made like a wave. And this band would come around on in a Woody and they would do like surf rock, California rock, but they would only pump songs in that area about California that kind of had this and that Surf City was always on there. Just tons of like some Beach Boys. So I hear a lot of these songs. It just takes me back to being a kid and like the first time I went into the Disney's California Adventure, but it's a completely different park now. Um, so we get that. But then they kind of go into, um, we'll play a little bit of Dead Man's Curve, what you were talking about, and it's more hot rod rock. Well, but that song also it it kind of covers two completely different genres because it covers both hot rod rock and then I mean we're we're getting a little far from the surf rock, but it also covers the teen tragedy yeah. genre of of like oh, 50s yeah, and that, 60s rock, which like leader which, of the oh pack gosh. and like all of those songs fall into. There's that one. There's the um. Oh, where, oh, where could my Last kiss, baby be? Oh, that's like a typical 1950s rock. Like, but that song, I remember I had a CD. We were totally going off on tangents, but a CD of like a four volume 1950s rock, definitely a 1-800 number phone call away from owning that. And I owned it and I had listened to tons of them. And I just remember the first time I was kind of old enough to listen to lyrics and I was listening to it and I had heard it so many times. And the first time it clicked and I was like, oh, my God, this is the saddest song ever. Wait, you'll love this. Hold on a second. <laughs> so I went to search teen tragedies to get an idea of like what other songs there were. And what I found was a compilation album released in 1984 <laughs> called Teen Tragedies, which like the cover art for starters is awesome because like an old EC Comics cover type parody. Oh, that's awesome. Um, but that. I'm looking at the track list and I'm not going to read all 10 tracks, but it has Teen Angel... Tell Laura I Love Her, The Leader of the Pack, Dead Man's Curve, Last Kiss, and Homecoming Queen's Got a Gun by Julie Brown. <laughs> what up? 
bringing which it we back all know if you've listened to previous if you listen to previous episodes here my sister and i have a full choreographed production number to that song one last thing about the teenage tragedy song i clicked into the wiki page specifically for it and it says the the genre of teenage tragedy was also known known under the names the tear jerkers the death discs and the splatter patterns, which is... Oh, my God. <laughs> splatter patterns, no. Let's get back to surfing, where I'm too scared to go, because I'm scared I'm going to splatter patter my head in the ocean. Oh, right into the ocean. God. Let's stay safe, everybody. Don't get into a 1954 Chevy and be in love. You're going yep. to die. That's my lesson. Just wait. Just wait until you're in your 30s to date, because that's what I did. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. And it's working out just fucking yeah, it great. It's great for you and me. <laughs> like, it's awesome. Look, we're alive. We are not dead or mourning the death of our teenage love. So and you know what? Ha. Also, look, I'll tell you this much. I work with a bunch of teenagers. And whenever I point out someone I graduated with to any of those teenagers, they're like, but they look like they're 50. And I'm like, well, thank you. It's because I didn't date until my 30s. <laughs> <laughs> it's that weird okay more tangents with Kelsey and Matt it's I've had this conversation with some of my girlfriends where we watch movies that we watched as a kid and you know it's like I always thought like the kids were so big be it a parent trap a sandlot a whatever your generation of kid movies where you're like well they're they're so old because you're so little and now you're like oh my god they're children anyways my point being that now when I rewatch any film that I watched when I was a child I'm like oh the dad like I'm because they're now like my age range and I'm like oh daddy and I'm like oh my god I'm this is we're there I'm that point in my life where now they are who you know where I used to be like Jonathan Taylor Thomas and I'm like yeah but the next door neighbor's dad yeah it's it's so funny to me I'm like yeah we're here we are there that's definitely valid all right sorry we have gone on so many tangents we love you here before my time let's get back to surf rock (laughs) <laughs> All right, Ed, we're going to do one more uh, Jan and Dean. This technically is not surf rock, but it goes into the hot rod rock, which I don't want to go too much in. But my all-time favorite song from them is, of course. It's the little lady from Pasadena. Go, Granny, go, Granny, go, Granny, go. Which I just... Uh, oh, fuck, more tangents. It's it's a sub-tangent. I love... This song is just about like an old woman who's a crazy driver. And then she's just like, go granny. I'm like this. I love that song so much. So here's my quick origin story on how I got into Jan and Dean as a young child was Mm -hmm. that Animaniacs did a segment Mm -hmm. that was to the song Little Old Lady from Pasadena. And I love that segment. So I would watch it over and over and over again because I would tape everything on a VHS tape and then I would rewatch my favorite parts. And my dad was like, that's a Jan and Dean song. And I was like, who's that? So he got me Jan and Dean's Greatest Hits, which was like a 10-track album. And it had that and Dead Man's Curve and you know Surf City and all of those catchy tunes. But that was my introduction to Jan and Dean was through Animaniacs. I love that. We we really have learned so much through cartoons, and we know that. 1,000%. It's great. But, oh, my God. 1,000%. Um, there we go. Yeah. So let's talk about, I said uh, surf rock was very short-lived. So it starts to decline in 1964, and it declines with the rise of UK-British invasion genre of rock. And the Beatles come, and it's just like, you can't compete with the Beatles. And then you got the Stones, and then all the Kinks, and the, which, okay, I've said this before, the Kinks are the most underrated band in the world, and we're going to do an episode on them and scene. But um, the only group that really survives is the Beach Boys. They 
keep up until the late sixties and change and then pet sounds comes out. And, but they're, they, again, I just, they really started with the surf rock genre of a theme and then pulled into the beach boys that we've known. And, you know, good vibrations was so controversial just cause it was like, they were doing things that had never been done before in the studio, which is awesome. But we do going back to Dick Dale, he kind of like disappears for a while just cause everything, you know, was fallen out. You know, and also the cool thing with surf music is, um, and I do want to get into this one day is like the surf movies, the beach party movies, Frankie and Annette yeah. movies, be it beach blanket, bingo, beach party, muscle beach, blah, blah, blah. They're all great. He did do a lot of music for that. So, but he kind of does his thing. It's, you know, he influenced a lot of people, Dick Dale, Quentin Tarantino really brought him back by using that in Pulp Fiction. It re brought him out. And then he kind of like re-releases, um, songs and uh, he actually recorded I loved this he recorded from Carnival of the Animals the song Aquarium in a rock uh, surf rock theme for Space Mountain at Disneyland and I remember oh, cool. when that the I know exactly what the song is and I was like oh my god that was Dick Dale so cool and then he gets inducted into Let's see. In 2009, Dale's inducted into the Musicians Hall of Fame and Museum in Nashville, Tennessee. He's also in 2011 inducted into the Surfing Walk of Fame in Huntington Beach, which I didn't know that exists. I have to go see that because I'm like 15 minutes from there. Unfortunately, passes away though in 2019. Oh, very recently at 81 yeah. from heart failure and kidney failure prior to his um, death. But I've um, got to so. check out. I've decided that I need to listen to the entire King of Surf Guitar album. Because I was not aware of some of the songs that he apparently does surf guitar covers of, which includes uh, What I'd Say by Ray Charles, which is a song that I love. Ooh. You Are My Sunshine, which is a song I that love I love. Song. And Hava Nagila. Hava Nagila? Oh, hell yeah, I'm listening to this. <laughs> Abs of, wait, pause right now. Let's see if we Just, can at least find Hava Nagila. I want to hear what that sounds yep. like as a surf song. King. I was like, wait. Oh man. This is dope. <laughs> this, we're listening to Gelsey suddenly deciding I need to have a kid so that I can make them do this at the do this. Um I can do this at my wedding. It's a wedding yeah. thing. Oh like, perfect. We're fucking doing this at my wedding. <laughs> uh, what wedding? I don't know, but that's dope. Yeah, no, it's you you do do that at bar and bat mitzvahs, but you also do have an Aguila weddings and then the bride and groom get to be in a chair. I've never been to a, did it at hers. Never been to a bar mitzvah or a bob mitzvah. I've only been to one Jewish wedding, but I did see people stomp on glass and get lifted in chairs, so it was exciting. Yeah, and you do have. I've I've been to all of it, Matt. I've been to <laughs> God the amount of bar and bat mitzvahs growing up, like the parties, and they're just like so stereotypical. And oh God. Anyways, that was a that was great. I need to listen to this uh, as well. Yeah, I've been listening to a lot of surf rock the last couple of days, just kind of having it on, and I forgot how much I love it and how happy it makes me maybe because it reminds me of being at a tiki bar and I love tiki bars constantly but it's it's so great and there is this like soul and energy and and Dick Dale really does get my round of applause here I have yeah. no shit he's the king because no one plays like any track you listen to you can tell when it's you're like holy crap this guy's wailing you look you're like eh, it's Dick Dale like he he got challenged when he was doing uh I believe it was when he was playing Mr. Lou I can never say that um, and someone was like, I bet you can't do it with one string. And he did because he remembers his father. He's an American Lebanese 
And so he kind of like from that folk tradition and then like the Turkish song, like whatever that the instrument they used was kind of just like this one string thing. So he was able to do it and just pick that fast. I'm like, he's just so badass. I love it. Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. All right, Gelsey, I've I've asked you this just a couple weeks ago when we were talking about Bowie. I'm going to ask you again. Big question. If you had to explain surf rock to someone using just three songs, what would you what would be the songs that you go with? I hate your questions. Um, <laughs> like hate them. Uh, Mr. Lou. Why can't I say that word? That a thousand percent. That's number one. Okay. Um, Wipeout. Hmm. Hmm. The tough one is where you're like, I know I need to do a Beach Boys song, but which Beach Boys song? I yeah. feel like is what it comes down to. Do I throw in? It's a tie between. I don't know if I should just go with their first Surfing or Surfing USA had a really big response. So. I'm thinking of two songs that we never even mentioned on this episode by the Beach Boys. Surfer Girl? No, I, I mean, I no. love Surfer Girl. That's a beautiful song. Too. But I was thinking either Surf and Safari mm-hmm. or Catch a Wave. The catch mm. a wave and you're sitting on top <laughs> have of you the ever, world. Have you ever seen, you, you should have seen uh, Top Secret? It's Val Kilmer's yes. first film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I watched it two nights ago. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm in quarantine right now. I have COVID. Great. Yay. So I'm just watching all the things. I watched that every single weekend as a child. My sister and I, we'd go to the video store and we would rent, I think I've mentioned this before, that we'd rent something and Top Secret. Like, I don't know why we didn't buy it. Every fucking weekend. And I haven't seen it in- It's a great movie. 20 years I haven't watched it. And so I was like, I am watching Top Secret. And A, well, I was like, there's so much stuff in here that's inappropriate that just flew over my head. But they basically do catch a wave, the parody in the beginning, but it's with the guns. Yeah. <laughs> and it's oh, like I... a complete, complete parody on it. I was dying. I was like, this is so stupid. Which, and Val Kilmer, oh my God. He's one of my first film heartthrobs. Like, because I watched Top Secret, I think, as a child so much. And I was so young and he's this like Elvis type character. I like had a crush on him and didn't even realize it. And so I absolutely love Val Kilmer. And he cr- he's so young. Now that I'm older, going back and watching kind of to my point, I'm like, he's so young. He does such a good job. He's so great in it. And I'm like, you better move, Val Kilmer. You better shake a leg and be that hunk. Just love him. Well, Gelsey, if there's any surf songs we didn't include in this episode, where can people go to correct us and inform us of our grave mistakes? Yeah, please inform us of our grave mistakes on Instagram. You can find us at beforemytime underscore podcast. DM us, comment on our latest posts, or find us on Facebook, Before My Time. Share your favorite surf songs, comment on what you think we did wrong by it, and or just share random shit. We have friends that just share some cool vintage advertisements, pictures, videos. We're here for it. We want to see it. And we also maybe want to see some reviews. Give us your reviews and we'll give you a shout out. We love your support and we appreciate each and every one of you tuning in every week. Thanks, guys. See you next week. 
We're making an ad. Napping yeah. ad. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm-hmm. He listens to the podcast every week. Yep. Has he been canceled? Wait, is Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. <laughs> So, um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the ad. That's the ad. That's the ad. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 